Rippy Writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. Got a little lighter show for you today. We got LB's Greg with the uh, Fresh Cuts picks. Went through a lot of the SEC games some other places in college football, hit the NFL, and then did some Breeders' Cup at the end. So uh, our weekly picks extravaganza. We'll have a Sunday podcast, I think previewing basketball with Bracken Ray, and then potentially Weldon talking about the bye week and leading up to Alabama as well. So be looking for a little twofer there as well. But before we get to today's show, I want to remind you, the podcast is brought to you by Ray Stevens, real estate with agent with Square Real Estate in Oxford. Whether you're looking to buy or sell in the Oxford area, Ray has you covered he loves putting people in homes that they will cherish forever, whether you're looking for a two-bedroom condo or a five-bedroom dream house. He can help you find something that will fit your needs. He loves providing individual service to each and every client. He understands your needs, and he's going to find you some options, whether you're looking to buy, looking to sell. He can pair you with the buyer if you're looking to sell and move to another place in Oxford. Maybe you're looking for a extra weekend home Ole Miss eight and one things are pretty good with the football team tired of paying for hotel rooms having to find other places to stay just go buy your own place Ray Stevens you got it right here a podcast it uh podcast real estate agent that's going to take the hassle out of that for you all you have to do is give him a call at 601-624-4824 the home buying and selling process can be complicated let Ray take the hassle out of that for you let him provide you some options based on what you need, based on your price range, and boom, he'll get you set up. Old Miss guy, known Ray a long time, wouldn't send you to people I don't trust. Check him out. Ray Stevens of Square Real Estate, 601-624-4824. Give him a call. Tell him we sent you, and he'll get you set up. 601-624-4824. Broker number is 662-832-7777. Podcast is also brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, Glad you asked. They're the world's best gaming handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox Matrix Channel, an advanced monitoring mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the st- sports handicapping industry. Skybox, rolling into this NFL Sunday, 20-9. and nine. You know who isn't 20-9 and nine in their last 31 NFL games? Probably you. They're on a 21-9 and nine run now after the London game. How about that? We'll get some no- more numbers for you later in the week. They offer two free play winners if you listen to the Friday podcast. Ohio State, Penn State over, Miami, UVA under. Boom, Skybox is rolling in the money right now. 62-unit weekend in NASCAR the other weekend, up 200 units on the year. It's time for you to stop paying the bookie. Go on to skyboxsportspicks.com, find a pick package that fits your price range, and then use the promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E. That'll get you 20% off. They send it to you in a nice email, color-coded spreadsheet. Boom, got the units out there. You are set. You are more equipped to make money than you are five minutes before using Skybox. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Use that promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E. That'll get you 20% off any purchase. All right, here is LB's Greg. All right, we now welcome on Greg the Meat Sharp Jones. It is another week of Fresh Cuts, week 10 for college football, week nine in the National Football League. We're uh, either halfway or over halfway through, depending on bye weeks in the NFL. It is uh, It is going by super quickly what's up man how are you oh always good you know ready for uh, the weekend and uh you know one week away from alabama so um yeah let the let the fun begin oh yeah so uh what's been happening at the store obviously you got one more uh weekend off that feels like the calm before the storm because there's a pretty good chance that next weekend could uh 
could be rather historic in terms of the crowd at Oxford and, uh, you know, everything that goes into an old Miss Alabama game in late November when, you know, they'll probably have a combined two losses assuming Alabama takes care of business this weekend in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And, um, I'm just, I, I actually, you know, getting called up for it. I've, um, I think I did about a hundred pounds of sausage this week and just to stay caught up and then I'll do another hundred pounds, but got plenty of Swayze sausage, got plenty of ribeye sausage and, uh, yeah, ready to go for this weekend. And then, you know, like I said, let the fun begins Monday of next week. We'll talk about this as it gets closer, but we are entering November. Uh, Thanksgiving is this month. What is uh? Do you stock anything differently for Thanksgiving? Is there certain popular stuff that people come? Um, I imagine you're not raising flocks of turkey out there out back at LBs. And uh, yeah, no. Uh, but uh, what do you do? Yeah, well, actually, Thanksgiving's kind of one of our slower holidays. Really? Uh, you know, the um, the uh, the turkeys I I get is a free range product from Joyce Farms, so it's like a real turkey. It's not one of those butterball turkeys that are like mass produced. So it's actually a really good turkey so we just uh i order two cases of that and if you know somebody wants a really good turkey i you know sell um sell the two cases and um just you know kind of get through the the thanksgiving for you know because christmas is more of a beef holiday i would say you know you got your beef tenderloins your standing rib roast and stuff like that so yeah we just try to make it through on uh on thanksgiving you know to get to the december I feel like I drop this every year. I'll probably do it again when we do this podcast in three weeks. This is really not an earth-shattering take because I think other people have it as well. I find turkey to be kind of average. I very much gravitate more towards ham uh, than I do turkey at either one of these holidays. So I'm all for uh, beef holidays more so than anything else. Does ham count as beef? I may have just made that up. No, beef is Yeah, a- I'm a huge ham guy too. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a turkey guy either. I, um, it's funny, my, me and my mom actually eat chinese food on thanksgiving together so it's kind of um kind of kind of what we usually do on thanksgiving together but uh yeah i'm I'm a ham guy and um deviled eggs ham and deviled eggs oh that is solid combo there could you do like a turkey jerky or turkey sausage is that possible have you experimented with this yeah and i'm thinking about doing something um we can get some um um turkey skin on turkey breast and I can grind. I was thinking about doing a um, grinding a turkey breast and some chicken and uh, maybe some duck and maybe try to do a turducken sausage. Oh, a tur- wow. Is that turducken yeah, right? actually real? Like, do you actually put three animals in one? Correct. Like, it's, you know, it's a boneless product. So, like, you know, it's, uh, you just, you know, it's basically like stuff in a, uh, it's like stuff in a, a, a chicken, but, you know, it's bigger. But yeah, you, you put in, Golly, I think you put um, duck breasts, and yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But uh, turducken is more of a Louisiana thing, so I, 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 I like to stay in Mississippi. Oh, there you go. Let's well, uh, <laughs> head to the uh, head to the picks. Uh, Skybox Sports Picks, check them out. We'll always ride with us through college. Offer some free plays, and then drop off as we roll through with the NFL. Uh, you know, for Ole Miss fans, this has got to be as uh, as as good of a time by week as possible. And I don't even necessarily mean anything having to do with the team. Of course, for Ole Miss's injury status, I do think this is a well-timed bye week. But holy cow, what a slate of games for college this week. You kind of have what CBS always tries to bill as the game of the year between Alabama and LSU. They flex one of their night games. 
despite, um, you know, not always living it up to it, particularly not the last two years. But then the real CBS game or the actual time slot, you've got Tennessee, Georgia. We've got some good games around the SEC. It is going to be a terrific weekend to watch football and uh, not really have a dog in the fight if you're an Ole Miss fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, you just sit back and relax and watch the game. And, uh, you know, you don't hope for injuries, but uh, it, it, it would uh, help for um, somebody to, to get hurt uh, to, uh, to, you know, to help the chances next week, but never, never, uh, hope for somebody to get hurt, but you know, that's why the SEC is the SEC. They beat up on each other and, uh, you got to take your bye weeks when you can get your bye weeks and, uh, hopefully get rested up for, for the big game next week. I'll, uh, I'll help you on this. You, you, you root for seven overtimes and then like 19 erroneously, uh, called targeting calls that way it's not actually targeting. So no one's getting hit in the head or neck area. But just Correct. terrible targeting calls where <laughs> people get booted. I think it's yeah. what you're for. Like, <laughs> like the quarterback sliding down and uh, and uh, he has nowhere to go, and like the the, the defender has has to uh, somehow some way not not target him. So yeah, like something like that. Yeah, there you go. That uh, you hope <laughs> hopefully that happens to uh, Will Anderson and uh, I forget the Dallas kid's name uh, right now, but yeah. That's uh maybe you could get over under on targeting calls in a game. I doubt they have such a prop bet out there, but I guess it's uh I guess it's worth looking for. Let's um let's start in the why not just start in the South SEC? That's uh that's kind of where most of the huge games are this week. Where do we want to begin? Let's go with the huge slobber knocker to start off. Vandy, South Carolina. It is South Carolina minus seven on the road at Vanderbilt. Boy, if there were ever a time for Vanderbilt to win an SEC game, I think it's this one. This one's at 6.30 at night. It is at, like I said, in Nashville. That doesn't really mean anything. Don't think there'll be much of a home field advantage. But South Carolina last week kind of got punked by Mizzou. Mizzou had a really good plan offensively, aired it out a little more, trusted their quarterback a little bit more, got up 17, I think nothing or something around there early in that game. And South Carolina really didn't have much answer for it. I just don't think, think South Carolina is very good. I think the way they won that A&M game was very weird, where A&M essentially was like, here, take 17 free points. Let's see if we can catch up and held on for dear life. I don't know. I guess I'll lead us off here. I, I think I'm going to go the doors. Maybe this is just an emotional pick because I find myself rooting for Clark Lee and Vanderbilt. I don't dislike Shane Beamer by any stretch. I just am not sure what the talent gap here actually is. And like I said, if they're ever going to win an SEC game, it's got to be today. Because uh, they already squandered their chance against Missouri, and they're not winning any of the rest. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on uh, Vandy too. You know, uh, why not? Let's try, um, try to pull for the for the good. Well, uh, the good guys, the um, nerds, the nerds, and you know, I, I like their coach. I mean, you know, it's uh, they've gone through a couple good ones, and I think they kind of found their guy. And um, let's pull for them to uh, get that first win. Skybox is not with us on this one. They think they are not. Uh, they are not. Uh, they are not high on their fellow nerds' chances of pulling off a victory because they have South Carolina covering the seven there. Boy, uh, I, you know, I know everyone will be locked and loaded into that one. Let's uh, let's keep it in the SEC. Mississippi State-Auburn. This game is in Starkville. It is also a night game. This game really had no juice to it at all. I don't think it really does because, the I mean, the Cohen thing is not an on-the-field thing, but kind of weird timing. You have John Cohen – Kind of pops out early Saturday morning, late Friday night that uh, he was in advanced talks to become the athletic director at Auburn. Uh, my first reaction was Auburn is doing this on purpose. Why? 
maybe that's maybe that's off base, but I just didn't quite understand it. And then boom, all of a sudden on Monday morning, he is announced as the athletic director, which is a pretty quick turnaround. Sometimes those things take time, but Auburn didn't have one in place, right? I mean, Alan Green was already out the door, contract had expired. But they uh, now they meet on the gridiron. I'm not sure how many ADs have switched jobs the week of the football game between the two schools. That's got to be a rarity. But it is Mississippi State minus 14 in Starkville. Where are you going here? Um, who's the coach for Auburn right now? Is it Cadillac Williams intern? Oh wow! Hey, I think that would be a good hire, man. Or it'd be <laughs> a, you know a good guy to stay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I just. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, man, uh, as bad as Auburn is, I just think there's no way Mississippi State can beat them by two touchdowns. So, I guess I'll take Auburn. Wow, you're rolling with Auburn on this. Okay, I – I just – I mean, I, that was just a pull from the hip. But, yeah, let's, uh, let's roll the dice here. I just – so, Auburn, kind of my last straw with them was last week. They were, what, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home to Arkansas. Arkansas has a really bad defense. So I thought, you know what, maybe they'll kind of rally together a little bit. They continue to play hard for Brian Harson despite guys leaving the program, it felt like, on a weekly basis. And they just burned me. They just weren't very good. And I just am not sure how they stopped that air raid offense. I'm reluctantly going to go Mississippi State. I don't love swallowing the amount of points that this is. Um, I imagine there will probably be some, um, you know, some added incentive because of the Cohen thing. I don't think the players necessarily care about it that much, but in terms, just in terms of like the vibe of the stadium, I'm going to go Mississippi State, but I, this is a stay away to me because I really don't have much of a feel for this at all. Skybox is with you. They're taking Auburn plus the 14. I just, Auburn burned me one more time last week, and I was like, I think I'm done with these guys. So, it is, uh, well, you, you got, Skybox and Greg are on Auburn. I am rolling with Mississippi State on that one. Let's go to College Station before we kind of get to the main course here. Florida, Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M, I actually thought played kind of well last week. Uh, I thought they found a little bit of an identity uh, offensively. Ole Miss had a little bit more success when they made Connor Wigman make quicker, or Wigman, excuse me, made quicker decisions, and they realized, hey, you know, dropping seven, not the best way to go with the freshman quarterback. But they did run the ball pretty well, and they still played pretty well for the most part defensively. So I actually weirdly thought Texas A&M figured some stuff out. I don't think all uh, Florida is very good, particularly their defense. This is a weird line. I'll kick it to you first. It is Texas A&M minus three and a half. Well, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, this is almost like a coin flip game, honestly. I, I, for some strange reason, I'm going to go Texas A&M. The, the quarterback played, you know, it, it was the basic, the offense, the better for him. Uh, they were just, you know, throwing little out routes and hitches and trying to run the ball. So, uh, I'm going to go Texas A&M for some strange reason. I'm going to go Texas A&M as well. I just think they're probably still slightly a better football team than – Florida is again I don't like Florida's defense I don't love Richardson oh excuse me and I uh I just I don't know I mean Florida kicked a linebacker off the team this week I don't think A&M I know it's a dumpster fire I know it's fun to make fun of I just don't think they're actually as bad as a football team as their record indicates as strange as that sounds so I'm gonna go with A&M there Skybox is going Florida plus the three and a half wow Skybox is just fading me left and right here to start this thing so they are on Florida plus the points that's uh, I, I kind of agree with you there. It's kind of a coin flip game, but I'll take the, the home team uh, when it comes down to it there. 
Let's roll to where do we want to go next? I'm trying to knock out some of the uh, less hype games before we get into the uh, the better ones of the weekend. Let's go to Columbia, Missouri, and we have got Mizzou. Who are they playing this week? Why can't I not pull this up? Uh, Missouri is playing. Uh, hold I on, okay. I just had, oh Kentucky, of course. Sorry, Kentucky, yeah, Missouri. yeah. Kentucky, I had this, uh, I had this uh, written down the wrong way because uh, it is seven o'clock in the morning here. Mizzou, Kentucky. This is in Columbia. Mizzou coming off a pretty huge road win at South Carolina last week. Mizzou now four and four, two and three in the league, respectable. And they had Auburn on the ropes at Auburn, and they really had Georgia on the ropes late, late in the game in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, that game didn't get a lot of play because it was a night game with some other high-profile games on, but. Uh, Georgia was in real trouble in that game for like a long time. Like I'm talking you know, nine, 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And that game was still very much in doubt. I think Mizzou's a pretty good team. I think they play pretty good defense and I don't love the quarterback, but it seems like they're figuring it out ever so slightly week by week there. It is Mizzou plus one and a half here. Where are you going to go here? Uh, I, for some strange reason, I'm gonna go Kentucky because I just feel like they, you know, they've been banged up, and um, I don't know. I just feel like they're the better team, and but who knows? I mean, Missouri probably win by two touchdowns, but I'll go Kentucky for some odd week reason. I'm gonna go with Mizzou here. I, I last week, look, Tennessee's clicking on all cylinders. I heard Neil say it on his podcast. I think it's a good way to put it. I'm not sure anyone was winning in Neewin Stadium last week. But Kentucky didn't really put up much of a fight. Like, this is a preseason top 10, top 15 team, and you lose 44 to 6. Uh, Will yeah, Lewis, I mean, like, no fight. There was no fight. I mean, it, I, I like, it was horrible. I, uh, you know, I don't know. Is Tennessee that good or just, you know, just, um, you know, Kentucky just laid a bad one? I, I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough call. But, um, you know, I, it's tough to play in the SEC. You, you're bouncing around and you're playing, you know, high-end high end football teams every week. And, you know, it's hard to run the schedule. Like, um, But I just think that somehow, some way, Kentucky will find a way. I just – so the signs have kind of been here for me with Kentucky. Like, they have the backup quarterback play against uh, South Carolina, and they didn't look very good in that game. They look kind of hapless and – you know, with Will Levis, I feel like some of it's kind of fool's gold. They do have a great running back in Chris Rodriguez Jr. That Shanahan tree offense, uh, Rick Scangarello, it always looks visually appeasing. It always looks like they know what they're doing. Like the running concepts look good. But it seems to be no, like, have had less substance. The offensive line is bad. I think I'm going to go with Mizzou here. Uh, I, I think this is a week maybe you kind of figure out that Missouri is not that great of a football team, which – would lead me, this is a larger conversation probably for another day, but what does Mark Stoops do? I think he's a good football coach. This could argue this may have been one of the better Kentucky teams that he has or has had this year, right? Everyone was talking about Will Levis, first-round pick at quarterback. If they go 6-6, six 7-5, and six, seven and five, does he try to take another job because he realized he's found it, like he's kind of met his ceiling there? I don't know, but this is a real turning point game for Kentucky because you get Vanderbilt next week and then you get Georgia and Louisville to finish off the year. That's probably the difference between eight and four and potentially looking at six and six staring you stri straight in the face. So I'm going to go Mizzou here. I think they get a big win here. Skybox is on. Where are they here? They are on Mizzou too. Okay. So I finally got one there with Skybox. They are rolling with Missouri. Let's go to the big 12 real quick. Kansas state and Texas, Kansas state absolutely throttled Oklahoma state. 
at home last week in a game that was really over from the time they uh, snapped the ball or uh, from the opening kickoff, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That was an absolute ass kicking. Deuce Vaughn is a very fun player to watch. This game is in Manhattan, so they're getting another home game, and it is Kansas State plus two and a half at home. This line kind of stinks. Where are you going here? I like Kansas State. I mean, you know, why not? They played a really good game, and they're playing good football, and why not? Back-to-back uh, -back home games. Uh, so let's go K-State here. I'm going to go with K-State with you as well. Texas, uh, they're coming off a of bye week. Their last loss was actually to Oklahoma State, so common opponent in their last two games here. Uh, on the road in Stillwater. That was a pretty close game. Texas had won three in a row before that. I guess if they, I get I get why Texas is favored now. Coming off a of bye week, I still think they're pretty good. But I'm going to roll with Kansas State here too. I think they're a better team. I think that running game will uh, be the difference in that one. So I'm going to roll with Kansas State on this one as well. Skybox is on Texas. So they're rolling with the uh, Longhorns in that game. We're going to go back to the SEC. We're going to go... What a weird scheduling uh, year for Arkansas here. Two of the last three weeks, kind of in the heat of the season in October, they played at BYU. Then they go to uh, – then they play, what, Auburn? And then they get a home game with Liberty. So they are playing the Fighting Hugh Freezes this week in Fayetteville. It is Arkansas minus 14-and-a-half. Liberty coming off a huge win last week, a big one for Pastor Hugh and the boys last week against – um BYU blew them out 41 to 14 so it is Arkansas minus 14 and a half what you got here um man I mean I, I you would think Arkansas would win by a couple touchdowns but I'm I'm gonna go Hugh Freeze I think uh he's good against the fret uh the spread so for some strange reason I'll just take uh Liberty and just uh keep my toes crossed I think this is going to be a tough week to be a Hugh Freeze assistant coach because every time they lose, it's the assistant's fault. And it is certainly not his. I think Arkansas out-athletes him. I'm not totally positive how they're going to stop K.J. Jefferson. So I'll go with Arkansas in this one. I just don't know if Pastor Hugh has the athletes. Skybox is with you. So Skybox is rolling with uh, Liberty plus the 14 and a half. Boy, wouldn't that be kind of funny if uh, Hugh Freeze is in Fayetteville, Arkansas, on an early November weekend, and uh, all of a sudden he's got a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter with the chance to pull the upset. That would uh, that would kind of be peak Hugh Freeze there. So Skybox is rolling with you on um, Liberty plus the 14 and a half. I'm going to go with Arkansas there. Now it's time for the main course. It is Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Georgia. It is in Athens. This line has been rather confusing all week. This line opened as an 11 and a half point favorite for Georgia in Athens. And I immediately thought, my God, what do they know that I don't? Tennessee, to me, has looked like the best team in the country. That offense is unbelievable. The defense is better than I think maybe its numbers show. They've got good, like, real players on the defensive line. They've got a pass rush. This line is now down to minus seven and a half. I imagine the public is heavily on Tennessee. I don't really care in this instance. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Vols here. I actually think they win this game outright. Wow. Um, you know, I, we'll, we'll find out what Tennessee is all about this week, this weekend, um, to even, you know, think about going into Athens and, uh, and winning that game heads up. That's a bold play. I, I, I just, I, I'm going to roll with Georgia just because I just feel like they're on another level and, uh, you know, bring back Tennessee to reality. I mean, I know that big game against Alabama and they won and that sort of thing. And 
feel like the program's turned around, but I think Alabama, I think Georgia will humble them this year's this weekend. So I'm gonna roll with uh, Georgia here. So if this is a lower scoring game and Georgia is having a lot a decent bit of success stopping Tennessee defensively. I think that's the path to where this becomes a double digit game. Georgia wins the game, you know, I don't know, 27-14, 27-17. My only worry is if this game does turn into a shootout, like I don't love Stetson Bennett's chances against Malik Hooker. I think Tennessee wins that in a landslide. So I think this would be this is a weird line. Like I, I really am shocked it's still over a touchdown. Uh, but this will be one I think you'll be able to figure out how the game's going to go within the first couple of possessions. Like if Tennessee scores on their first two possessions and gets up 14, whatever, or even if it's tied 14 to 14, I think you feel pretty good about the ball's chances. Whereas, you know, you get a couple punts mixed in. It's like, uh oh, Georgia may just sit on them. So this is going to be a fascinating one. I really cannot wait to watch this. Skybox is on Georgia. So they're on Georgia minus seven and a half. That might be telling you something there. Uh, all the experts seem to be on Georgia where the, uh, the squares like me are sitting there going, oh, I think Tennessee might win this game. So that's going to be a fascinating one. I certainly can't wait to watch it. And then kicking it over to Baton Rouge for the uh, nightcap of the two premier SEC games. We have got LSU and Alabama. It is a 13-point line now. LSU is getting 13 at home against the Crimson Tide. The Tide coming off a bye week. I feel like people have been down a bit on Alabama the last couple of weeks. I'm going to roll with them here. I uh, I think they roll this week. I think they kind of remind people, hey, they're, we're still in this whole college football playoff mix. We're still pretty damn good. I think LSU's figured some stuff out offensively. I just don't love the Alabama defensive line versus the LSU offensive line matchup. I do think they will have the speed to keep um, to keep uh, Jaden Daniels in the box and not allow him to scramble and hurt them with his feet. So I actually think Alabama rolls here. Where are you going here? Yeah, I mean, I think it might be a little bit better game than, than people expect. I mean, LSU's playing really good football. That second half against Ole Miss, you know, um, I mean, every Ole Miss fan knows what happened. But uh, with that being said, I just think it, it might be a little bit closer game than people might think. So, for some strange reason, I'm taking LSU. I could see it. It's uh, I mean, look, this is a kind of a, 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 a tough one for Alabama, given what they have next week with Ole Miss as well. This is a tough back-to-back -to -back road stretch in their season uh, for Ole Miss fans. I would think they would be rooting for Alabama because LSU still technically controls its own destiny. They've got the one loss, obviously the tiebreaker over Ole Miss. Like if this game next week for Ole Miss is going to set up to be a de facto game for the SEC West, you need Alabama to take care of business. But again, LSU controls their own destiny. They've got a bye week uh, to kind of prepare for it. They're, uh, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at them. And uh, again, another awesome one, to watch skybox is going to go with the alabama crimson tide as well so they're laying alabama minus the 13 this week we have one more college game that i uh i meant to get to before the sec ones or the main two ones but i forgot we got clemson and notre dame i think this is going to be another good one this is in south bend it is clemson minus three and a half notre dame really nice win at syracuse last week really kind of beat the brakes off of syracuse in the carrier dome or whatever they called that weird stadium where they played both basketball and football, but it is Notre Dame getting three and a half at home against Clemson. Where uh, where are you going here? Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go Clemson. I mean, you know, I, um, you know, Notre Dame did have a good win last week, and you know, actually Syracuse kind of played Clemson tough. So, um, you know, I think this is an unexpected, really good game, but I just think Clemson's just too good on both sides of the ball, and I just think they'll win by a touchdown or two, maybe. I'm with you. I don't have much to add. I think the defense is too much for Clemson in this game, and I think they win this probably by seven 
to 10 points. Skybox agrees with this. Skybox is going Clemson minus three and a half as well. That's going to wrap it up for the college portion of this. We'll go ahead and give you Skybox's free plays uh, before I forget them. They're going to go with the over in the Georgia-Tennessee game, over 66. Now, that's fascinating. Skybox has gone pretty much just blowing a hole in my theory. Skybox has gone with the over, but also picking Georgia to cover the seven and a half. I think that's actually kind of fascinating. So Skybox is definitely not scared of Georgia getting in a shootout and still covering more than a touchdown there. And then they're going Stanford plus five at Washington State. I'm sure everyone will be locked into that at 230, but they, uh, they're going Stanford plus five at, uh, excuse me, at home. So that's in Stanford on the farm. There'll be hundreds of people there uh, against Wazoo. That's their college free plays. I'm going to go ahead and give out their NFL free plays because I always forget. They're going to go the over in the Bengals-Carolina game. And then they're taking Seattle plus two at home. Or excuse me, Seattle plus two at the Arizona Cardinals. So those are their two free plays. They're going to drop off for the NFL because, uh, you know, they actually have to make money on those picks. And then we will now, as the great Mike Francesa once said, get to the league where they play for pay. It is a light week in the NFL. You've got six teams on the bye week. This is kind of the peak of the buys for the NFL season, right? You're kind of at the halfway point. It would have been the halfway point had they not added the uh, the weird seventh game uh, or 17th game, whatever that was last year, two years ago, that uh, you wouldn't think that it makes the season feel that much longer, right? Like um, like the one more game, whatever, but it's made a real difference. Doesn't the NFL season feel a lot longer even with just the 17 weeks? Yeah, I mean, you know, did they trim back the preseason, or what did the, how did they work that out? No, they kept it the same. It's still four preseason games, I think. They just added the 17th game. I think they were going to cut two preseason games. Had it gone to 18, if I if I remember that correctly, I think we will eventually get to 18 because, you know, the owners love money, want more money, of, and more, uh, more game revenue, TV revenue. So I think we'll eventually get to that. But, no, it just feels longer. I mean, you're going to enter the second week of January for the playoff start. But uh, I'm not complaining. More football is always great. It's just kind of felt weird. So heavy bye week this week in the NFL. Let's start in let's start in New England. It's the Patriots, minus five and a half against the Colts. The Colts make the weird choice last week to go with Sam Ellinger the rest of the way. I know Matt Ryan's a little bit banged up, but they pretty much ruled out the possibility of him ever taking another snap for the Indianapolis Colts, barring injury. They lose a game at the end to Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commies, where they uh, were trailing for most of the second half finally go up 16 to 10 and then allow Taylor Heineke to put together like a 65 yard game winning drive uh, to finish that one off. I don't think the Colts are very good. They're kind of banged up. They stink to watch, but it is new England minus five and a half in Foxborough. I'm just going to roll with the Patriots. I don't love watching the Colts. I'm in a frustrated Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner, you know, Belichick against a, not a rookie quarterback, but a first year quarterback in terms of playing in Ellinger. Uh, Pats kind of beat up on the Jets as they've always done last week. I think the Pats have kind of have a lower ceiling, but I think they're figuring this thing out. I'm going to go New England here. Yeah, I'm just going to make it easy and agree with you. I mean, you know, I'm uh, along with you uh, in the in the either the front seat or the back seat with that Jonathan Taylor being the most disappointing uh, fantasy running back in the league this year. But other than that, yeah, I'm just going to go over with the Patriots. I've got a fantasy team that's still over on the year, and it's largely because of one injuries, but two also Jonathan Taylor not really contributing much. I don't know how much of it is his fault because that offensive line is absolutely brutal, and you don't go from an MVP candidate to just you know completely and totally uh, unproductive. So 
I don't know. It's a mess there. We'll see. Let's stay in the AFC East. We've got Jets, Bills. Poor Jets hitting a tougher point in their schedule. They lose a game that kind of gets away with them last week at home against the Patriots. That felt like a deflating loss because, right, Patriots have your number. They get up 10-3 to right before halftime. They had a pick six called back on a roughing the passer call that really changed the momentum of that game. They end up losing by double digits. They lost Brees Hall two weeks ago, their phenomenal rookie running back. They're getting 11 and a half at home against the Buffalo Bills here. I like the Bills, but these spreads that are double digits just don't cover in the NFL. I think there's something like 8 and 18 now, double digit spreads this year. So I'm going to roll with the Jets. I think this is too many points. I think the Bills are probably the best or the second best team in football, but they kind of play with their food a little bit. They do dumb stuff. That lack of a cover last week at 10 and a half on Sunday night football against the uh, the Packers was just egregious, right? They're up 17 or they're, yeah, they're up 17 points. They get the ball all the way down to the two yard line. Josh Allen throws a pick. Aaron Rodgers goes 98 yards to score to cut it to seven and boom. Like rip up your ten and a half ticket if you had Buffalo, just brutal. So I'm going to go with the Jets here. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it might be too many points, and uh, you know, uh, yes, the Buffalo Bills are you know one of the better teams in the NFL, but they have yet to uh, you know uh, clean their plate, as you kind of referred to. So uh, I'm going to go with the points here, and uh, hopefully it's a field goal or a ten point game. Bears, Dolphins in Chicago. It is the Bears plus four and a half. We were all over this last week. They were uh, The Bears were getting nine and a half in Dallas last week. We both thought that that was kind of overvalued because the Bears coming off that Sunday night win against the Patriots. And then we realized, oh, their defense also isn't that good. They continue to make trades to trade away players on their defense, rebuilding for next year. This is a tricky line. The Dolphins haven't really beaten, I wouldn't think, anyone good outside of that win against Buffalo in that weird game. And I guess that was week two or week three. I'll kick it to you first on this one. Bears plus four and a half at home against the Dolphins. Where you, what do you got here? Um, for some strange reason, I'm going to go with the Bears. I think the Bears play a little bit better at home. And uh, I don't know, man. This should be a, should be a snoozer. So uh, let's just take the Bears. I can't decide on this one as well, but I'm going to go Bears too. There's a world here where they lose by 17 points because Tyree Kill is just running wild and they have no answer to cover uh, cover him, and they lose the game because of it. Yeah, I'll go Bears with you. I think they play a little bit better at home. Four and a half, right in that zone outside of a field goal. I'll take the Bears. I uh, I don't feel great about that one. That's probably a stay away. But, um, yeah, I don't love any of these lines this week so far. I'll go with you on the Bears on that one. I don't love this one either. I, I'm not going to use a lock in the holster on this one either. The Washington Commanders. Uh, they're finally selling the team. They finally got Dan Snyder to explore that idea. I don't think it was a coincidence. You know, Dan Snyder, they had that big article from ESPN come out that he wouldn't sell the team. He'd been digging up dirt on the other owners, and basically he was going to go down in a gunfight, and he didn't take, he didn't care who went down with him. All of a sudden, he puts out this letter on Monday or Tuesday that he's now exploring selling the team. And then guess what happens 12 hours later? It comes out that the, uh, the, the uh, Washington Commanders the subject of a federal investigation in terms of misspending of funds. So I uh, wonder if that had anything to do with it. But be that as it may, all the off-the-field trouble, the Commanders are 4-4, four and four, and they're plus three at home against Kirk Cousin and the Vikings this week. What, 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 what a shocker that uh, some, some, uh, something in Washington is uh, being investigating for spending too much money. A lot of trustworthy people up there. 
uh, in the uh, in the nation's capital for sure. I'm going to go with the commanders here. They play good defense. Heineke's frisky. He does enough. And I think the Vikings are kind of a fraudulent six and one. I kind of like the commanders to uh, maybe win this thing outright. I'm going to go with the commies here. And uh, I'm not going to lock it. I'm not going to go with the money line. But I do think they cover this three points here. Again, I think Minnesota is kind of a fraudulent six and one. Can you imagine the commanders five and four after nine weeks? I think they got a shot to do it. Yeah, uh, man, I, I don't know why I would ever bet Kirk Cousins, and I don't know how they're six and one, but I, I'll roll with you on the Commanders, and just uh, and and just and just hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully they pull it off. Another gross one. I mean, these are just getting worse and worse by the uh, by the game we go this week. Detroit Lions at home against the Packers. Detroit last week, what they're like plus three and a half around there at home against the uh, Dolphins, you think, oh, maybe, you know, coming off a bye. Or, no, they weren't coming off a bye. Sorry, they had played in uh, they played in Dallas the week before. But, like, they play better at home, nice offense. Well, they don't have a defense, and they couldn't guard Tyreek Hill, and they did not cover the spread. It is Detroit plus three and a half at home <laughs> against the Green Bay Packers. I have no clue how this game is going to go. I'm going to go with the Packers. I don't think they're as bad as their three and five record. I actually thought they played kind of well last week. I think they figured out they might be – a little bit more of a ball control team, which is weird to say with Aaron Rodgers, but they ran it really well last week, controlled the clock. I think they get right this week. I think they get a win here against the Lions who invent ways to lose games and don't really seem any interested in playing defense. So I'm going to go with the uh, Packers minus three and a half on the road here, despite not loving it. Yeah, I'm just going to have to agree with it. Make it simple. You know, I just, you, you take, hopefully you take the better team and hopefully the better team wins. So let's go with Packers here. Let's go to Atlanta. We've got Falcons, Chargers. It is the Falcons getting three at home. I think I'm going to use one of my first locks on this one. Falcons plus three at home against the Chargers. Falcons win probably the craziest game of the NFL season last week at home. Did you see this game against the Panthers last week? That was insane. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that that NFC South is insane. So uh, why not have insane games to match it up? So that was the two and five. At, uh, the at two and five Carolina Panthers against the three and four Atlanta Falcons last week. That game was for first place in the NFC South. The Panthers, who fired their coach, had uh, DJ Moore not taking his helmet off. The Panthers would be wake up this week three and one, or excuse me, not three and one, three and five, but first place in the NFC South despite firing their coach. But for those of you out there that may not have seen it. The Falcons go up 34-28 with less than a minute remaining. They kick a field goal to add to their lead. They kick it back off. Then they decide to give up a 78-yard touchdown, maybe the longest, one of the longest passes I've ever seen. P.J. Walker just threw an absolute heave into the end zone. I'm sitting there thinking, why did he go Hail Mary with 35 seconds left? Well, it turns out D.J. Moore had beaten two defenders over the top, makes a diving catch in the end zone. It is now tied. The Panthers are going to win this game with like 20 seconds left. Uh, if they make the extra point, DJ Moore takes his helmet off, not on the field of play, like outside the back of the end zone while he's celebrating 15 yard penalty sets up for a 48 yard extra point. Uh, the kicker, Eddie Pinheiro misses it. Then they miss another chip shot field goal that would have won the game in overtime. And the Falcons come back down and kick a field goal. Just an absolute kick in the nuts for the Panthers on that one. A crazy game. Uh, if you might not have seen it, but I'm going to go with the Falcons plus three here and lock it. I they're getting, Cordero Patterson back this week. Arthur Smith has got to be in the running for coach of the year. They continue to score points and run the football, running this 
weird offense with just kind of plug and play guys. I don't know if you could name four players on the Falcons outside of Marcus Mariota and Drake London and the ghost of Kyle Pitts, but I'm going to go with the Falcons here. I think they win this game outright, but I'm going to lock the plus three. Uh, yeah, I'll go with you on the Falcons. Um, just uh, maybe they're just a really good home dog team. Yeah, I, I just I don't I mean the the Chargers do too much dumb stuff. I'm not laying them with three points on the road there. So we'll both go in with the Falcons there, and then we're gonna stick with the Panthers here, or at least the game. I'm not necessarily picking the Panthers. It is the Bengals minus seven and a half in Cincinnati. Tough spot here for Carolina with the back to back road games. It is Cincinnati minus seven and a half at home. The Bengals coming off a terrible Monday night football loss where, uh, you know, when they play an elite pass rush, they just can't protect Joe Burrow. He took a gajillion hits. They looked pretty lost offensively without Jamar Chase. I am going to pick the Panthers in this. I don't think the Bengals without Jamar Chase are seven and a half points better against anybody. This might be a trap line back at home coming off a terrible loss to Cleveland. Maybe they get right. But I'm going to go with the Panthers here. I don't think the Bengals are a touchdown and some uh, change better than anybody right now, particularly with Jamar Chase out. So I'm going to go Panthers plus seven and a half. Well, you got to love a good cat fight. So um, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who would win between a Bengal and a Panther. I think that'd be a really good matchup, you know? I mean, um, Bengal, right? Because it is a Tiger or like Panthers. But I don't know. Panthers are faster and sneakier. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it'd be a really good matchup. Um, but as far as the football matchup, I, I, man, I think the Bengals will try to somehow, some way, get this thing done and win by two touchdowns. But I might be completely wrong, and uh, Burrow might be, um, you know, reeling um, from um, from getting smashed every time when he drops back. So um, we're just gonna go with the Bengals here. I don't know why. I, that's just a again in a week where there's that's no stinker. Yeah, that's a Crazy. that's a tough one. We're going to stay with the cats to some degree. We've now got a cat versus a pirate. We've got Raider, or excuse me, the uh, the uh, Jaguars and Raiders. Oh, man, another gross one. Jacksonville plus two at home to cap out the early slate. Jacksonville just inventing ways to lose football games. Uh, and then the Raiders were a one-point favorite against your New Orleans Saints last week in New Orleans. And I think I picked the Raiders on here. They got absolutely uh, – I did too. Shut out uh, just the the get right week there for the um, for the for your New Orleans Saints really needed that one. I don't know, man. I can't in good faith pick the Raiders, but I don't love the Jags either. So I, I will go. Jags lose to Russell Wilson in in London last week, which has got to just be considered almost treason against the country. You let Russell Wilson leave England with a win. I'll go Jacksonville here just because I, I'm more frustrated with the Raiders than I am the Jags. That's great logic. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I just, um, you know, this is uh, the most uh, don't ever doubt the professional athlete and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, pretty sure uh, the Las Vegas Raiders will probably win by two touchdowns, but I, I'm, I'm going to have to see it to believe it. So I will go with Jacksonville. You know, and uh, um, is it? Uh, what's what's the uh, NTN? He man, he's a good running back, and they just need to get him the ball more. I think I finally benched him in fantasy, and he went for twenty five points last week. He drops; he had been dropping balls. They weren't giving it to him much in the red zone. I was like, you know what? How about you ride the pine tar, uh, ETN? Like, get on the. So, bench. what was your other? What was your replacement? Najee Harris, and they ran for no yards and whatever that <laughs> game that was. And so, uh, ATN is uh, back in the. Uh, is uh, back in the starting lineup for the Rippy uh, fantasy uh, lineup this week. So um, I will go with the Jaguars and hopefully ETN 
performs a little better this week. Let's start in the late slate and go with Arizona and Seattle. It is Arizona minus two in Seattle. The five and three Seattle Seahawks, uh, the first place Seattle Seahawks. What a uh, what a story. Their defense is getting better. Geno Smith is just like, inex- like, I say inexplicably, but what I really meant to say is indisputably a top three to three quarterback in the N- NFC, maybe a top six quarterback in the NFL this year. Um, they are plus two. This line stinks to I, Evan. I hate rooting for Kyler and Cliff. I hate being on the same side as them. I'll take the bait. I'm just going to go Seattle. I think they're a better football team. I'm going to take Seattle to win the game. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you, man. Uh, I don't know if you saw that play where uh, DK – Pretended like he was catching a football, and the and the ran and the defender ran with him, and then uh, Geno Smith just waltzed in the end zone behind him. Yeah, they're good. They are just a legitimately good football team. What a story! I mean, we talk about that Russell Wilson trade every week. Talk about an all-time fleecing. Like DK, they look like they're having fun. They like each other. Did you see last week? Tyler Lockett, who's a great great receiver, has been for about a decade. Just had a terrible game. He got stripped. That led to the one Giants touchdown. He had a huge drop later in the game. Geno Smith kind of goes over there. And it wasn't the, like, the camera's on me, like I'm going to be a leader type thing. He literally just, like, half the cameras happened to catch it. And he's over there kind of telling Lockett, like, hey, like, you know, stay in this. We need you to win this game. I like Geno. This is a cool story to root for. And then you kind of had after the game, Geno's having a press conference. Lockett comes to the podium and says, it's amazing what happens when you don't care who gets the credit. Who do you think that was a shot at? Um, you know, um, <laughs> I guess that's the new thing is taking shots at former players and, uh, in interviews and then letting them figure it out. But I mean, you know, give, uh, even, even at the end of that Broncos, uh, Jaguars game, you know, Russell Wilson still rocks the let's ride Broncos country or let's, or whatever. He must he just be stopped ran. at all costs. I don't know, man. I mean, does he have um, um, P- is it PSD? I mean, I mean, does he? I mean, has he been hit too many hards? I mean, t- man, I just Russell Wilson's a character, man, and uh, I just I'm really pulling hard for Seattle, and I, you know, I think it's a really good story, and uh, why not let see uh, let Seattle go down in there and you know whip up on Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Xbox Boy. I fired, I fired a lock on it. Too, I've had a lot too. Yeah, <laughs> Xbox boy, I'm just not. I'm not a huge fan of that whole Connor Cliff dynamic. The Russell Wilson pot shots. I mean, look, Richard Sherman was early on this, right? They literally broke up the team and partially because of that, right? They're getting in fights in practice, and then now you see other guys kind of more subtly taking shots at Russell Wilson. Clearly, he was not well liked, and Pete Carroll kind of protected him to a fault. Fascinating dynamic, and it just goes to show you, you know, we don't really know everything that goes on behind the curtains there. Um, inside an NFL locker room. So we're both on Seattle. I'm throwing a lock on it. Let's keep it rolling to Rams-Bucks in Tampa. Uh, this is, I think, technically the primetime game. There's only two afternoon games. I imagine this is one of those ones where uh, Fox was like, you know, every, there's a couple weeks a year where Fox is like, you know, I kind of want to run the show here and put all our eggs in one game, light, late slate. And I think this was on paper supposed to be one of the weeks, right? Bucks-Rams, good matchup on paper. But uh, both these teams are dumpster fires. It is Bucks minus three in Tampa. Oh man, um, I'm gonna go. I'll ride with the Bucks. I just I can't in good faith bet on the Rams right now. They're they're a dumpster fire. They lose at home to the Niners last week. You know they can't really run the ball. Matthew Stafford's had a tough time being protected. Cooper Cup's banged up. I, I 
I'm going to go with the Bucks, even though I, I've hated watching every second of Bucks football this year, but I'll roll with them, I guess. Yeah, I'll roll with you too. I mean, you know, uh, Kyle, it's, it's funny, like Brady, you, it, whenever they turn to him on the sidelines, he's like, uh, he's like an unhappy wife with with the children or something like that or just he just it's like very weird he looks like a guy who's like life is falling apart he looks skinny i'm not even talking about like the the plastic surgery part like he's lost weight he looks like a dude that's just trying to like keep his life from unraveling it's very bizarre to look at each week I, those side yeah. shots. And it, it's actually really sad man i mean that's that's tom brady i mean like you know just uh, I, I mean, he was on a pedestal probably like two years, uh, two years ago. And now, you know, he's just, you know, t toppling from the hill and golly, I mean, sometimes, you know, retirement's not that bad, but sometimes I get it. You know, retirement's tough. And just the thought of you doing something for 30 or 40 some odd years of your life. And all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I'm not doing that anymore. I mean, there's just, um, it's kind of a head scratcher for me and you've kind of, I mean, I I don't know. I, I I'll go with Buccaneers here, though. I just think the Rams are are a disaster right now. I'm with you. Like it, it it's it's it kind of goes to show you, no matter how good you are, he's it's the greatest quarterback of all time. It is very sad. Like I didn't want Tom Brady's last chapter to go out this way. Like last year would have been who knows? Maybe he keeps playing now that he doesn't have a family. He's just this divorced guy. He's like to hell with it. Let's roll it back till I'm fifty. But, like, last year would have been acceptable, right? They lose a crazy game in the divisional round. They just didn't quite have the horses. They lose to the eventual Super Bowl champion. Like, that's a graceful enough way to go out. This is just tough to watch on a week-in, a week-out basis. So, yeah, I'll ride with I mean, Tom this week. But, uh, man, it's just weird, weird, weird storyline. Let's go to the Sunday night game. It is my Tennessee Titans against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Chiefs minus 12 and a half in Arrowhead. Titans are 6-2. and two. I don't really know how the hell they've gotten to six and, or excuse me, five and two. I don't know how the hell they've gotten to five and two. Mike Vrabel, great coach. I made this mistake earlier in the year. Titans double digit spread on the road in a primetime game. They lose by a billion to Buffalo, but that was back when Buffalo looked unstoppable. I'm going to roll with the Titans here. I don't think they win this game, but I think 12 is too much. I think they remain in control. You get Tannehill back this week. I think they keep this within a touchdown or so. I'm going to go Titans plus 12 and a half. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to agree with you. I mean, I know Kansas City is really good at home, and they're tough. And uh, it seems like they're that uh, they beat in, in anybody but Buffalo. But uh, I'm gonna go with Tennessee. I think it's a, a ten point game, or if not less than that. So hopefully, um, the Titans control the ball and keep Mahomes off the field, and uh, you know, um, don't lose by two touchdowns. Yeah, Titans, again, I don't know how they continue to do it, but Mike Vrabel is gonna win that division. He's got to be up there, coach of the year running as well but uh i don't know we'll see on that one hopefully we can just get out without getting too injured and get back home for uh whoever it is they have next week i forget monday night football your new orleans saints getting two and a half at home against the baltimore ravens this is an interesting game there's times this year where the ravens has looked either really good offensively or just like a complete another disaster lamar's been pretty up or down up and down they add roquan smith to that defense to add another linebacker into the mix the saints they can really get on track and kind of be in the thick of this uh, NFC uh, South race. If they can pull this one off, what they'll get them to what four and five, or they get them to three and five, four and five, right? Four and five. Yeah. yeah they hadn't had the bye week yet. I'm going to go. I'll go Saints. They impressed me enough last week at home in the dome. I think their defense is good enough to kind of thwart some uh, that Ravens running game. I'll go Saints here. I'll ride with the uh, the New Orleans Saints here at home plus two and a half. 
Well, uh, I uh, took the Raiders last week and the Saints win, so um, I, I don't know if I should take uh, Baltimore. Reverse jinx. You know, um, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Saints. I just feel like they got it back. I mean, how bad is Jameis for him not to get a, a shot? I, I I don't know, man. I just like like I said, I, I'm I'm kind of agreeing with you on this Dennis Allen take. Where you know, uh, why is he the coach and why did he get hired? So uh, we'll just we'll just take the Saints and uh, you know they're one win away from getting back in the uh, the playoff hunt. You know because the division's so bad. This has been Fresh Cuts, week nine in the NFL, week 10 of college football. We just delivered you winners only. We're going undefeated this week. Go check him out, LB's University Avenue in Oxford, coming in town next week to the Alabama game. No better way to start your week than throwing something on the grill from LB's. I appreciate the time, my man. We'll, uh, we'll holler at you next week. Yeah, uh, we'll be here next week, and uh, we got to get the Breeders' Cup this week. Uh, should be some really good horse racing. Uh, oh, go ahead. Tell me, Give us the lowdown on what's happening. Well, uh, the Breeders' Cup is like I don't know, maybe the, the 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 Super Bowl of all horse racing. You have horses coming around all over the world to, uh, you know, these are these are races that uh, people show up with a gun to a knife fight. So uh, these are some really, 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 really high end, really good horses, and you know, it's the best of the best all around the world. But man, I I mean, I know a lot of you pro people are probably going to be sitting there watching some football, but. If you turn it on Saturday and, and watch some Keeneland horse races, you'll see some unbelievable horses. And um, supposedly, you know, the flight line is the next coming of Secretariat, which is, I think, probably the hottest garbage take in the world. Um, there's Overrated. Uh, there's, uh, well, look, you know, flight lines run five races. Secretariat ran eight races as a two-year-old so and won the Triple Crown. So uh, to, it, to compare um, – Somebody that's won five races to come to, you know, to somebody like the goat. Um, I just, which secretary is not a goat. He's a horse, but um, he, he is the greatest of all time, but uh, it should be a really awesome race. Uh, but yes, there's some awesome races. I will just, what I'll do is I'll just give you some long shots that have a oh, yeah. really good shot of winning. Um, you know, if you hit one of these long shots, I mean, you're going to be really excited about it. So um the first uh, today is the uh, they have five Breeders' Cup races today. So um, these are all the juveniles, which is going to be the two year olds. So these are going to be the best two year olds in the world. So um, some really, really good races. And then the next Saturday will be the, you know, the older horses and everything like that. So I'm just going to give you long shots. Um, Tyler's Tribe this uh, today in race six. Um, really, really good. Feel good story. It's a he's an Iowa bred. Not a lot of Iowa breads are really good horses, but uh, Tyler's Tribe is a as a kid that got diagnosed with a really bad cancer, and um, they you know put a Facebook page, and his grandfather ended up buying a, a horse, and it's just a really really good feel good story. There's a, another uh, same similar story with Cody's Wish. Um, Cody has a um, kind of a real rare disease, and his make a wish uh, was to go to uh, go to a horse race, you know, meet, meet people. And uh, there was a um, horse there uh, that kind of kind of fell in love with each other. And they uh, bought the horse and his name's Cody's wish. And uh, he's running against Jackie's warrior. So I don't know, man, Jackie's warriors is a, is a pretty, pretty tough uh, customer. So uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be pulling for him, but, uh, but yeah, there's some good races. The, the Breeders' Cup Classic is the, is the big one. It's the $6 million race. It's the, 
uh, the king of all kings, and that's the one that Flightline's running in. But uh, there's some good horses. Epicenter, uh, I don't know if you remember Epicenter. He won. Uh, he he was um, he was good. Life is good. Hot Rod Charlie, but um, Flightline is going to probably get some pressure. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, a horse either reacts to it or doesn't react to it. But you need to watch the Breeders' Cup Classic. It's probably going to be one of the better races. I will say Flightline will get beat. He will get beat. I don't know who's going to beat him. Um, I, I think, uh, I hate to say it, Bob Baffert's got one in there that's going to be coming late, and if he gets that fresh air, um, we all know what happens to uh, Bob Baffert's horses when they get fresh air. Uh, the magic beans get to work in, and uh, they get to go in fast. So yeah, the should be some really, uh, It should be some really good racings, but the race nine is the, uh, the Philly and Mare uh, race, which is, man, you talk about some Hard knocking mares. You've got Nest and you've got Secret Oath. You got Clarier. You got Malathot. That's some really good horse racing there. But you know, flip it over to NBC. I think it's NBC. But yeah, definitely get in on that Breeders' Cup Classic and watch Flightline. You never know. Flightline. He won by 17 lengths his last race. So that's the comparison to Secretary, which there's no comparison. To Secretary. He's just on another level. So. Uh, check it out, Breeders' Cup Classic uh, this Saturday, and then uh, just a lot of good horse racing. But throw throw $20 today on Mo Stash in the last race at, at Keeneland. He's, uh, he's a long shot, but I promise you, he's going to get there. So is that generally what happens? Um, like, when you have a huge favorite like that, you mentioned the comparison to Secretariat. Do you get – obviously, like, you have more long shots, right, because it's more weighted toward the favorite – but do you get pretty good value in just picking anyone else in the field, particularly where you make it sound like you don't think this is guy, this horse is all it's cracked up to be totally. Well, he is. I mean, look, there, there has been people that have been showing up to his workouts at five 30 in the morning this week and just, just catching a glimpse of it. And look, and you know, greatness is, uh, is few and far between. And whenever somebody like this, it, you know, grace is a track, you know, it's a big deal, but, I'm the type of uh, horseman that likes to beat favorites. You know, if he's three to five, I'll I'll find every, any and every horse. I'll bet any and every horse to beat him. But sometimes, you know, they're just too good, and you just sit back and and you know watch them watch them run. But I think there's there's some there's some horses that can get him. Life life is good can probably give him some pressure. Um, tape uh, epicenter is going to be there, and you know my my favorite is Hot Rod Charlie. I you know I just Love the old fart, and uh, he's a hard knocker, and uh, he might be there too. But I would definitely tune into that Breeders' Cup Classic. It should be a really, really good race. I'm just talking on mute. Do you have any personal stake in the fight? Uh, well, like I said, uh, the mustache is by Motown, and my mare is pregnant to Motown. So if there's any way that mustache can win that uh, that juvenile race – my my horse that's pregnant with Motown becomes a little bit more valuable. So okay. I'm rooting for uh, I'm rooting for Mostash uh, today in the tenth race. So, uh, but no, um, I, I don't. I, it would be, you know, everybody in the horse and thing. You know, you want to say, oh, I'd love to win the Kentucky Derby. I I don't think I'd want to win the Kentucky Derby. I would want Whoa. to go. I, I I would want to go. Take a take a, a monster to the Breeders' Cup and uh, try to win one of these Breeders' Cup races because, you know, you're competing against everybody in the world. You know, there's a horse from Japan called Chain of Love. 
And I promise you, she's live and she's 20. She's right now, she's 25 to one. And I wouldn't be surprised if she won. But any horse can win any of these races just because these are the best of the best. So, like I said, when you take a gun to a knife fight, you, you, you like your chances. So, you are going up there next week. That's not the Breeders' Cup, or is this multiple weeks? So, the Breeders' Cup is this weekend, and then um, it's just a one weekend thing. And then what they do is they have the November sale after the Breeders' Cup. So there is a, it's called the Night of the Stars. So after the Breeders' Cup on, on, um, on, on the 4th, November the 6th is the Night of the Stars. And Midnight Bisu is being sold, who Midnight Bisu was probably one of the best mayors. Uh, and whenever she was running, she uh, is pregnant to tap it. So she'll probably sell for $6 million, $5 million. Is that six six or five million dollars? Good lord. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that it's just you know, it's uh and it's it's just cool to go up there and just say I'm like there's no I mean my my budget, I mean I look for ham sandwiches, you know, that um I I I can't I can't afford a midnight visa, but it is cool to go up there and just sit at the ring and watch a horse go through there and just the number keeps on going and it goes all the way up to five million. So it's uh it's pretty cool, but um yeah, it's just um, it's a breeder. It's going to be the breeder sale after the Breeders' Cup, so it's like twelve days of horses being sold. And I think they're selling over three thousand in in a week's time. So three thousand horses will be sold after the Breeders' Cup. So you just kind of go to the Breeders' Cup and then go to the sale afterwards. And I don't know, it's just kind of an alternate life, you know. Honestly, the horse horse business. Check it out, the Breeders' Cup this weekend. LB's Greg providing us with the meat, some locks, and some feel-good stories along the way. I appreciate the time, my man. We'll holler at you next week and uh, go through how they went, see how these uh, races turned out. It should be a good weekend, man. We'll be ready for Alabama next week, and I promise you that. All right, that is our show. If you made it to the end, I appreciate you making this podcast a part of your day. Again, be on the lookout, potentially a twofer on Sunday with a little basketball preview plus uh, – Weldon, if available in his normal spot, and uh, some good content coming your way next week uh, on a variety of things. So, y'all have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday.